Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. You always need to be promoting and always be getting yourself known because there's nobody that's going to be out there doing it and you need to be the one to tell your story. Today on episode 518 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the CEO and co-founder of Command Your Brand Media, Jeremy Slate. I'm going to ask Jeremy how you can become known even if you have a very modest budget for PR and much more. You can find out more about Jeremy along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Consultants and coaches, do you want more clients? Many of you say you want more clients, but are you ready for more clients? Our friends at SiteHub have a free sales readiness assessment to help you get more clients now. To access your free sales readiness assessment, go to smashingtheplateau.com slash SiteHub. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash SiteHub. Now let's welcome Jeremy Slate. Jeremy is the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world. He studied literature at Oxford University, specializes in using podcasting and new media to create celebrity, and was ranked number one in iTunes New and number 78 in the iTunes Top 100. He was named the one number one podcast to listen to by Inc. Magazine in 2019, as well as being named a top influencer by Forbes. After his success in podcasting, Jeremy Slate and his wife, Brielle Slate, founded Command Your Brand to help entrepreneurs get their message out by appearing as guests on podcasts. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. I know you and I actually just chatted on my show yesterday, so I feel like uh, we're, we're hanging out and spending a lot of time together recently. Yeah, it's been great. And I know we've we spent some time in person together. Um, we don't live too far from each other, although we tend we've seen each other in other locations, <laughs> not around near where we live. Very far from where we live, I might add. I think it was out in it was in the West Coast for that one or where, where was it? Yeah, I think I think it was San Diego. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, first of all, congratulations on achieving these awesome rankings. It really, it's not easy. I know as a podcaster, it's not easy to achieve them. So kudos to you. I know that also as a podcaster, that producing good work is not necessarily going to help you get noticed by others. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I know you do produce great work, but how did you figure out how to become known? I married up, honestly. Um, so my my wife has been in PR for, gosh, like 11 or 12 years now at this point. So she's had a background in it forever. So when I actually launched my podcast, she's like, well, you know, that, that first one you did, because I did a first podcast, didn't really go well. You treated that kind of like a hobby. So she's like, so let's take a look at how we can actually put some PR ideas behind this. And she actually outlined a whole PR plan on how we were going to do this whole thing. So, you know, that's how I learned how to get known is by, you know, being married to somebody that knew how to do a very good job at it. And then also taking uh, my own spin and learning more of the digital marketing side to, to kind of make it all work. So step one is get help from an expert. Yes. Okay. And, and in this case, you know, I was married to the expert. <laughs> well, yeah, actually being married to the expert doesn't necessarily mean she's going to help you. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's the old idea of the shoemaker sh- uh, children, right? Right. Exactly. Can you maybe walk us through a couple of some of the basics of of things that people should think about when it comes to getting known, whether it is as a podcaster 
or in any other way that you are sharing your expertise with the world, the most important thing is you need to be known. Otherwise, it's not going to be of huge benefit to you, particularly if you're trying to do it as a business. Totally, because it's it's the whole idea of in this 24-hour news cycle, the media doesn't look for you. They're, they're just too darn busy. So they're not out there seeing, hmm, I wonder what business consultant or what business owner is doing the right thing today. Let's go give them some attention. It just It just doesn't work like that. Nope. So for me, honestly, I'm just going to say, you know, podcasting is honestly the way to go, the way to get your message out here. But I'm going to take a and kind of pull that back just a little bit, because I, I think a lot of people think they can see the successful formulas out there. You know, they see what what David Schreiner Khan has done, or they see what John Lee Dumas has done, and they go out there and they try to make the exact same show. And the problem with that is if you're an expert in your space, you're going to have things that only you believe or things that are your opinions or things that differentiate you from others. So something I learned a long time ago from branding expert David Breyer is if you don't differentiate, you're going to be promoting the other people in your space. So I'll say first and foremost, podcasting is the way to go, but have a different viewpoint. So for me, that's where I started was in podcasting. And I really tried to take it as a professional because I had my, my current show is called Create Your Own Life. My first show was called Rock Your Life, and it went for about 60 days, and it was absolutely atrocious. The graphic design was actually done in Microsoft Paint. Yes, there were still people that used that. So I approached it more as a professional by doing Create Your Own Life, you know, quality sound, quality imagery, talking to really cool people that were, you know, well-known in the space I wanted to be in, because it's important to start positioning yourself with the right people. So what that means is when you're interviewing or being interviewed or seen with, the right people that are opinion leaders at your space, you start to gain some credibility. And so that's, so that's the first and foremost thing. Start a podcast, differentiate, and then take a look at, in terms of creating content, I really think an interview show is the way to go, but take a look at the people that are the opinion leaders at your space, list them out, make a list of the top 100 and start approaching those people. I had a pretty good hit rate for getting those interviews as at this point in time, my top 100 continues to grow. I think we're around you know 220 or something like that now. But I had about a 50% hit rate out of the top 100 of people that agreed to be on my original show. So it helped me to get credibility right out of the box. It helped the, grow to, the show to grow quickly. But then at the same time, we took a look at some of the personal branding elements. And this is where I find a lot of people kind of go wrong, right? They may create a great show. They may differentiate. They may have great interviews. But they also need to look the part. So I find oftentimes your website needs to be set up in a certain way. And what I mean by that is, written in third person because important people don't talk about themselves, other people do. Having a bio page in your site, having a media page in your site, and that's where you store all your media, meaning all of your cover art of different places you've been featured, all of the logos of places you've been featured, and you know, just having it really be a nice aesthetic design and something that shows that you're a leader in your space. And you know, a blog feed, which is where I used my podcast. That was the thing where I would show people what I had to say. So that's kind of the things you need to have in line. Then you're actually going to start reaching out to media. And David, this is what I like to call the small pond strategy, right? I find often too many people try to go too big too fast. And it's important to think big and have things to work towards. But in terms of getting media and getting known, it's stairs, right? So that there's no elevator at the top. So what I mean by that is you need to find local press and the small pond that you're a part of. So what that looks like is there's going to be a small group that cares about you. For me, I grew up in a small town. It's about five-eighths of a mile in size. So nothing literally happens there. There was a small weekly newspaper that went to everybody's house in the county on a Thursday. 
And I knew their press day was a Tuesday. So if I wrote up a press release on Tuesday, got it to them in time, it would run on Thursday. So we were actually able to get a lot of small press features to start out with and build up that media page on my website. And the cool thing about it is a lot of these sites have a like in-person print version that gets mailed to people's homes and they have an online version. So I started to create some backlinks to my site and also could have these links on my media page. And then I started approaching podcasts and getting on the right podcasts. And you start with smaller shows that have less than 20 reviews and less than 20 episodes, because if they make it past that point, they've probably got some legs. So once you have all that in place, you start climbing up to bigger and larger media and bigger and larger podcasts. But really, that's the basics of how you get known. I know I threw a lot at you here, David. So I guess I'll turn it back to you to see, like, I guess, where you want to unpack this. Uh, well, I think one of the most important lessons that you're mentioning, Jeremy, is that you got to start small and think about taking lots and lots and lots of small steps. Mm-hmm. You might have really big goals in mind and a big vision for where you want to take your brand and where you want to take your what it is you're, you're offering and your positioning. But in terms of how you get known, it's one small step at a time. A hundred percent. And I think that is where a lot of people go wrong is they know what they want. And I think that's really important out of the gate, but they haven't figured out what are the small steps I can do compounding day after day to getting to that. And it's, you know, it's for me, it was some, it was having a podcast so that I had a content vehicle for people to take a look at. But at the same time, it was finding those small local sources and then going from local to regional and regional to national. We had a, a newspaper here in New Jersey called the Bergen Record, which is a, a larger regional newspaper, run one of my releases. And I ha- it happened that a producer from New York Channel One read the release in the newspaper and said, oh, podcasting, that's pretty interesting. And that's how I got interviewed on New York Channel One, where I went in the studio and did a whole studio interview, but I didn't pitch a TV station to do it. So there's small steps that you consistently do to build up there. And it's done day after day after day after day. Like you always need to be promoting and always be getting yourself known because there's nobody that's going to be out there doing it. And you need to be the one to tell your story. Yeah. So Jeremy, for somebody who may not be married to a PR expert, <laughs> uh, like typically people in the expert space and like people like you and like me have certain expertise, the expertise, if the expertise does not include PR, then they might be really good at explaining what it is they're good at. Like somebody who might be, let's say, a leadership consultant and trainer is really good at leadership and could talk all day about the do's and don'ts to create an organization that has great leadership. But they may not be able to to know how to do all the steps that you just laid out, even if they're doing it one small step at a time. If if their budget is modest, what do you suggest they do to figure out when they need to bring somebody on and invest in somebody else's expertise versus trying to do certain things for themselves? Well, I would look at, you know, a lot of, you know, your, your initial stuff because a lot of your initial stuff has to have the flavor of, of you and your ideas and things like that. So I would start honestly looking at how can I get some help from some interns? Like one of the first things we did is we got some, some college kids to help us out with stuff. And then, you know, once you feel like the budget is high enough, you know, you may want to get um, a small PR firm and retainer or something like that. But honestly, there is so much you can do, especially if you 
create some of these small pieces for yourself in terms of like local press. If you sign up for helpreporter.com, so you can start using, it's called Haro, where basically reporters are looking for sources for their articles. So if you're an expert in these different areas, you can do that. But you have to learn enough about the PR game to be able to understand how to get it out there. So I would say, you know, pick up some books on, on how to do a PR program the right way. I would say, you know, find some interns to help you write if you feel like you've got some great ideas, but you need some help conveying it and how you're going to write it. But I, I really say it would say, honestly, that's the best place to start. And then, you know, once you, you feel like you have enough revenue that you can bring somebody on board, whether it's internal or a company, you take a look at that. But get the local press set up first, get some help from an intern and start looking at some smaller podcasts. And, you know, once you're in a good place, start building up some medium and larger shows. And that's really how you're going to get known is by, you know, getting the right assistance where, where that kind of fills in the gaps. But I, I've been somebody that honestly, yes, we, we help people with PR as a company, but I feel like when you're starting out or, you know, when you're newer in your first couple of years of business, there's a lot you can do yourself if you kind of systemize this stuff and get the right help from you that are an intern or a virtual assistant. Yep. This is something that I've done. And I think people overlook those kinds of resources. There, there is a lot you can do with a very modest investment. You're totally right. Well, and I'll say as well, like you don't have to do it all, but you sure sure as heck as a business owner have to understand it or you're going to you know, hire the wrong person or you're going to take the, the wrong explanations for what's occurring and, and not realize what's happening and, and be effective at that. So maybe you don't have to do it all, but you do have to understand it. Yeah, I can tell you one of the things I've learned from hiring college students is just the fact that I've had to delegate certain tasks weekly. I've learned what is good for me to delegate, what's not good for me to, to delegate. And I've also kept the momentum going because there's nothing like having an employee to keep you accountable. Agreed, because then you actually have to give them the things that you know they need to be able to do that because then they can't do their job. They're like, you know, I, I really needed XYZ that you promised me and now I can't do my job. And it actually holds you accountable as a business owner. Right. And then you also feel like you're spending money on their salaries and you're not letting them do their job. No, agreed, agreed. And then you're, you're wondering like, hey, why do I still have this task? Why is XYZ not doing it? You need to take a look at how you may not have enabled them to do their work. Right. So Jeremy, so your first show was 60 Days. Yeah. How long have you been at this now? Um, that show was towards the end of 2014. I started this one mid-2015. We launched in November of that year. So we are almost in year five. We're somewhere around there. So it's it's been a long time in this space, man. I've seen a lot of changes over those years. Oh, for sure. Um, as have I. I've been podcasting since 2014 as well. How long did it take you until you reached the point where you had some of the the stats that I mentioned in the introduction? I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, kind of somebody that's like talking in dreams here, but I, I had it pretty quickly the, the second time around. And that's because I started to understand the estimation of effort that it was going to take to get what I wanted. So in my first 30 days, we had 10,000 listens because I, you know, got everybody and their brother to subscribe and review the show and, and whatever it may be, because I knew those were the main statistics to focus on, the main statistic being being subscribed is the thing that ranks you in, in Apple Podcasts and iTunes. So I saw some success pretty quickly. Now, our current business didn't start in its first form until the beginning of 2016. So I was kind of, you know, doing all this stuff for a year until people wanted to like hire me for help. So it took some groundwork to get there, but we saw some, some stats pretty early on because I was willing to put in the effort. Right. But that's actually a really important time frame to know that 
there was this whole building process of getting known before you were actually getting paid in an associated business. No, agreed. Because I think there's just too many people that want to come out there and be like, all right, pay me X number of dollars. Well, it's like, well, what has you, what have you produced? What are your stats? What, you know, what can you get people? And I think it's really important to be able to show that. And, and often I tell people, if somebody can't show you the, the stats or, or the statistics of what they produce, then that's probably not somebody you're want to get, going to want to give your money to. So I, I think that's really important to have up front. Right. Now for somebody who, that hasn't paid much attention to content creation, whether it's through a podcast or any other medium, and they're selling expertise, how important do you think it is for them to get out there and start creating content? Well, it, it creates that no like, and trust factor, right? Like people start to, to know you a little bit more, then they start to understand, hey, you know what the heck you're talking about. And you also, especially if you're doing interviews, a lot of the people you're seen with start to grow your credibility too. So it's not a, you know, a very quick process. So sometimes it may be if you're willing to put in a lot of work up front, but it's so important because you're going to continue to have the same problems if you're continuing, if you're not creating content. And honestly, you're going to find that sometimes you're not going to know the right type of content to create until you're further along in the game. Like for me, we, we haven't known more about exactly the questions that our markets had until the last year and a half. And then I've really doubled down into creating more content around that in the last year and a half. So it's important to start out of the gate, start creating that like and trust factor, but you know, not think you have to have it all figured out in the beginning and be willing to, to work it through till you feel that you're actually answering the questions that your market has. Because I like to look at creating content also as kind of a survey piece as well, right? You put it out, you get some feedback, you find out that maybe there were other things people were looking for, or maybe something that you're writing about isn't exactly what they're looking for. So you're able to take that content and make it better and better and better until it's exactly what people are looking for. And it grows your credibility to the point that you're going to find those sales and things like that are a whole lot easier because people know, like, and trust you. Yeah. Like anything else in business, content creation is an iterative process. I, I would totally agree though. That I think so many people feel like they have to have it figured out out of the gate. And because of that, they continue to not start, not start, not start. And you know, that's exactly what happens. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Jeremy, who's your ideal client now? A lot of our ideal clients are usually people that are in a CEO or founder role. They have a team that is around five or more, and they're like a, a mid mid six to, to low seven figure business. That, that's typically what our ideal client looks like. Somebody that um, looks like that, but also they have a really big purpose, right? They're people that want to impact and change the world. And, and I want to work with people like that because I have a purpose to, to impact and change the world. And I can only do that by helping people that have that exact purpose because we're Finite as individuals, but the more people with big purposes we help, the bigger impact we have. And what problem do you solve for them? We help them get known. We help them create that know, like, and trust factor. And we help them even grow their audience because that's the biggest thing that you need to have so that you can create the impact you want to create is you need to have more people know about you because, you know, obscurity really is your biggest enemy. Right. So folks, folks where there's a pretty big gap between where they, they are now and the, this big vision that they have. Yeah, totally. Because, you know, they may have the business there. They may have started making a big impact, but not enough people know, like, and trust them. And they need to change that if they're going to make the big impact they want to create. Jeremy, what's your big vision? I want to take over the world. No, um, <laughs> I, I, I really want it. Like, just like I just said, man, like I, I have a purpose to impact and change the world. So my vision is I want to build the largest new media PR firm in the world, you know, and I want to have a New York Times bestselling book and I want to have a big and happy family, man. Like, so that's, that's really what my vision is and my purpose, and I continue to move forward on. 
Sounds great. For folks that may want to go deeper with anything you've shared today or access any resources that you may have, where would they go? So I actually put together a really cool resource for your audience because honestly, I know we've covered a lot today. And once I knew a lot of these things is when I started to really change what I was doing. It's when our business grew and, and, and whatnot. So I put together an awesome resource for them called The Seven Reasons No One Knows You. And they can actually get that by going over to commandyourbrand.com slash seven reasons. And the word seven or the number seven will work for that. You make it really easy, Jeremy. Hey, man, that's what I'm here to do. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest today has been the CEO and co-founder of Command Your Brand Media, Jeremy Slate. Thank you again, Jeremy, for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, David. I hope we help people smash through some plateaus today, man. I think we will. All right. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today we learned how you can become known even if you have a very modest budget for PR and much more. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.